Do you love fashion? Do you love getting compliments on how well you're dressed? Are you always seeking the latest trends? Then we're talking to you. BostonProper.com is your fashion destination and the only place to go for all those nods, head turns, and new styles. No matter the day, season, or occasion, Boston Proper has what you're looking for. Sophisticated, confident clothing designed to flatter and get noticed. So visit BostonProper.com now and start creating your perfect wardrobe. Boston Proper. Wear it like no one else. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. It's 11.33 in Tahiti, and you're listening to Night Call. Welcome back to Night Call, a podcast for those strange days and lonely nights. I'm Molly Lambert here in Los Angeles, and with me is Tess Lynch, and in New York City we have Emily Oshida. We are all here today to take some of your night calls and talk about some haunted dolls. As always, give us a night call at 24046-NIGHT or send us an email at nightcallpodcast at gmail.com. You can also text us at 24046-NIGHT. Have the texts been popping off? You know, we gotten some texts. I, I was really excited. The first text came in and I was legitimately like, ooh, a text. <laughs> it's like the magic of 1999 all over again or whenever you got your first text message. We should get a fax machine Or a going. pager. A pager would be ideal, just like yeah. 911. Yeah, 911. Haunted doll alert. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we got a message from the ice cream truck ghost caller that cut off. She was like, hey, I'm going to explain. Well, I we found got that a we- while ago. Yeah, right? but I just wanted to say on the podcast to her, please call back in and tell us what happened with the ice cream truck ghost. It's such a cliffhanger. Make it's sure you've got four bars. Please call yeah. us again. <laughs> I mean, I was also like, I hope she wasn't taken by the ghost oh, no. in the middle of the phone call <laughs> was my first thought. 
Um, but yeah, we wanted to talk about haunted dolls again a little bit. This isn't so much haunted as just in the category of dolls in general. Have you guys been uh, getting a lot of haunted doll feedback? I haven't seen any. I haven't really been putting out the feeler for haunted dolls, to be honest, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tess, how about you? Any haunted doll feelings? My cousin Molly, um, who is really, really cool, uh, she enjoyed the haunted doll podcast a lot, and she requested we do a Ouija board Ooh, great podcast, idea. Which is a great idea, but honestly, I'm a little scared. Well, good, you should of the be. Ouija. The power of magic. Of the yes, yes board. Well, I'm a little scared of dolls, is what I realized, too. They're yeah. kind of kind of terrifying. No, they, well, as we've explored over many <laughs> podcasts, but let's keep going. Well, what happened to me was I had a doll encounter, like, right after that podcast came out where we talked about the haunted dolls. I was in little Tokyo in Los Angeles and I saw this girl who was carrying like a full, it wasn't a full size doll, but it was like bigger than a Barbie. It was like a weird, large size of doll. You're talking like a two like foot an American doll. girl doll? Yeah, I guess. I feel like it was even, <laughs> even bigger than that. It was like very large. This is, this is like, she's probably in her twenties, but she had a, the girl had a green mohawk and then the doll was dressed identically like her with a green hmm. mohawk. And so being the investigative reporter I am, I went over and I was like, hi, may I talk to you about your doll? And she was like, yes, you may. Um, She was like, oh, well, I customized it myself and I sell them. I have like an Instagram account that's like something customs uh, and it's a ball jointed doll. And then I plunged into the rabbit hole of ball jointed dolls which is a whole world of doll stuff I knew nothing about. Well, wait, doesn't ball-jointed doll just mean that it's articulated, that you can bend its limbs? It's like the community, because I was telling somebody about this, and they were like, oh, yeah, like people used to do with Blythe dolls on LiveJournal. And I was like... My friend Lauren uh, does Blythe dolls for everyone. She, you know, she'll like, if she really likes you, she'll make a Blythe doll in your image. And yeah. Does, yeah. It's like What's people a who, Blythe doll? A Blythe doll? Oh, no, I, think it's a, I think it's a Japanese doll. All the, a lot, like this doll that this girl had, and a lot of these dolls, I think, are like Japanese dolls that, that you can then customize. Yeah. It's like you buy the body, and then you like paint oh. it yourself, and... And freak it. Well, I think you can also like change out the heads. You can change out the yeah. hair. You can do all kinds of things with them. And so what people do is they customize them or they like keep customizing them and changing them all the time. And then they pose them in elaborate setups everywhere they go. Like you can build doll houses that are, you know, they have like mid-century modern Blythe dolls with like the mid-century modern house and wow. they're dressed in, yeah. But they're physical dolls. They're not, they're this physical isn't like dolls. a virtual thing. Okay. All right. No, they're physical dolls that you place in real spaces, but then you like have an Instagram account for them that's like the life of the doll sure. if the doll is a person. Well, yeah. isn't that like, what was it, Socality Barbie or something? I mean, Barbie herself, uh, yeah. my friend Zlatan does the Barbie Instagram, which is like an amazing doll wow. Instagram where it's like, he just started doing it for fun because he like worked for Barbie and he liked doing it, but it's like... Barbie's Instagram and it's really well done you know it's I think they they may have poked fun at this on SNL they did they did a whole sketch about it and I was like that's my friend Zlatan's (laughs) Barbie Instagram he like invented the Barbie social media presence and it's really good well that's why I love the the Sylvanian family's Instagram oh yeah because or and the the Twitter actually mostly I like the Twitter because even though it feels like more it should be more of an Instagram account there's something about following 
a very chill, like the chillest Instagram you could possibly imagine, but following it on Twitter. So having it in your feed amid, amid people like screaming about the apocalypse and about Roseanne and whatever. And then just having yeah. some chill bunnies being like, spring is a time for enjoying oh, your yeah. friends. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I love to just retweet it, you know, in the middle of a crisis. I have one like that that's uh, real cats, not doll cats, uh, that live in a forest. I think they live in Hokkaido, uh-huh. and they are like cafe cats. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, but they're just cats who live in a forest and have the best life I can possibly imagine. There's like a bridge and a stream, and they just like chase birds in the trees all day. Uh, oh, and I always retweet them because it is like, it's like a break from, I'm like, oh yeah, this is what I liked about the internet. Yeah. It's like, yeah. If you need a mattress that will help you get a really good sleep, you should check out Lisa Mattresses. And you can get $160 off at lisa.com forward slash nightcall, which is the deepest discount we've ever offered. Lisa donates one mattress for every 10 sold and plants one tree for every order received. They've donated 23,000 mattresses thus far and have 11,000 plus five-star reviews. Lisa Mattresses are loved by 300,000 happy sleepers and counting, It's a socially conscious company with a mission to end bedlessness in America. The Lisa mattress was designed to provide support and pressure relief to every body type and sleep type for a deeper night's sleep. Sleep is very important to me. I personally love sleeping. It's one of my top 10 activities to do. And ever since I got the Lisa mattress, I have been sleeping much better and getting a much deeper sleep and waking up feeling more refreshed because it really is a great mattress. It's very squishy. And I like it, and it helps me feel like my bedroom is like a sanctuary away from the world where I can relax and recharge and face the day having slept well on my Lisa mattress. Check out Lisa, and you can get $160 off at lisa.com forward slash nightcall. Wait, but we derailed you. You approached a, a woman with a green mohawk carrying a doll. Well, that's with a green just how mohawk. I learned about, well, you know, the ball jointed. But what was interesting about it was that it was a male doll. She was a woman and the doll was oh. like a hot guy. And then I realized that like a lot of this community is women and gay men customizing dolls that are like hot guys. And I thought that was Ooh. really interesting because so much of the conversation about sex dolls is about men with female sex dolls. But I was like, ooh, these women are like making a hot guy doll and then like giving it life uh, uh that i mean did you read allison davis's piece in new york about this the like the male sex dolls i didn't i haven't read it yet but i saw it on the newsstand and i was like oh like two's a trend yeah <laughs> guys well it's funny because they're like you know obviously there's more of a market for female sex dolls but like the people who want the male sex doll are very are very exacting and very specific in their demands and I mean it doesn't sound that fun but I think the I think half the fun of it I guess if you have one is just designing it like not the sex part but just having like designing your perfect man that just smiles pleasantly and like lies on the floor well yeah I also like the idea that people that like need stuff like that can just opt out of having to date regular people yes, that might sure. not want that experience sure. if you're someone who should probably date a sex doll instead of a human being because you want to like control good to self identify <laughs> maybe yeah. Take yourself out of the sexual marketplace and uh, buy that doll. First, one more doll thing. Tess, 
Oh, well, All this right. is an, it's an odd segue from the sex dolls to newborn baby dolls. Oh, is that sure. All right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, I it's just full that. circle, right? I mean. I exactly. This. The circle of life. I think it was, it became kind of like a trend piece like 10 years ago, um, around 2008 or so. Uh, the reborn doll fandom movement thing Mm -hmm. uh, where people, and there are a lot of different reasons why people would get an extremely realistic newborn doll. Um, Some of them have heartbeats and they look like they breathe Mm -hmm. and stuff. And some of them, you know, like they've been used therapeutically for people who have lost their kids. And that's like a great, you know, if it helps people, that's great. But it also, you know, they become kind of collector's items. These dolls, they're very expensive. Robot babies? Robot babies. But you can have them made. I mean, it's like the, the design process is really What's interesting. What's it called? What's it called when you design them? Reborning. <laughs> <laughs> it has a verb. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's crazy because it's like you buy, you can buy the parts and do it yourself, which results in like a really awful looking doll. Because newborns... You know, with the new, they're not like the they're most not aesthetically to be cute. Exactly, they're just supposed to look like a real baby, which is a different thing. <laughs> Does it just take you into the uncanny valley, though? It, that's the thing. And apparently, there was a big problem because people would have these dolls and they would treat them like babies. So sometimes they'd even have them in car seats in the car, or they'd even just have them like lying <gasps> on this. Yeah. So whether it's in a car seat in your locked car that you're not in, or like lying on the floor of your car, people were calling the police and being like, there's an infant in a car. And then they show up and it would take them a minute to be like, oh. I am like clutching my chest. Yeah. <laughs> what is the point of having a reborn if you don't take it in with you when you go to the grocery store? Like, isn't the whole point to have the? It's like it's like the training doll that you have to tell you like not to have sex when you're right, a teenager. Right, but again, like to bring it back to the sex doll, maybe it's for people who don't want the full responsibility of a right. real relationship with a the baby. They're There's like, that. I want a baby. I can leave in the car sometimes. There's also a An stigma Instagram. because. Yeah, I mean, The Guardian wrote about this a while ago, and they tried to interview people who had reborn dolls, and a few of them were like, don't use my name, because it because of the uncanny valley effect, people are just like really creeped out by it in ways that are difficult for them to express, so there's a stigma attached. And a lot of these people are, you know, grandparents to, like, people whose kids have grown up, and they, like wish that they had a baby. Oh, this is a black mirror. It's a black mirror. Yeah. Do you guys think that there are people who just want like babies that never grow up? For sure. Yeah. Like a forever kitten. Yeah. Well, that's the weird thing too, is they have these, like the stuffed animals that breathe and have heartbeats and are used for people with dementia. Um, you know, and, and apparently it's very effective. It's like a calming device and stuff and they're not creepy. But the human version well, that's is super for sure creepy. True. I feel like the thing about the Uncanny Valley is like the closer you try to approximate realism, the more it opens up, you know? But like if you go in the stuffed animal direction. But why is that? I mean, because if it looks exactly like a real kitten. Because it doesn't ever look ex- I told, I brought this up on another one, but I watched the show called like Animal Babies in the Wild that turned out to be like they were putting, it was called Spy in the Wild. They put robot baby animals amongst mm-hmm. real baby animals. But it was like terrible. You could just... The robots were all so scary, yeah. and the fact that they were surrounded by real, incredibly cute baby animals just made you more aware. Right. And, but some of the baby animals like accepted the robot as one of their own because they were just like it's really just a jacked up baby. Which kinds of animals do you kind remember? Kind of all of them. They all. But again, it's because like, they're babies. They're just like right. we're not gonna like turn on this yeah. maybe baby thing. Right. Well, <laughs> we have a really exciting night call this week. Uh, we have a night call from a um, 
a special friend, a friend of the pod. Let's, yeah, yeah, friend of the pod. Hey guys, so it's Nicole from It's Happening with Snooki and Joey, and I have a night call for you guys. So I totally believe in aliens, and I always have this presence of aliens in my house. I know it sounds crazy, but um, the greys, I've always been not like attracted to, but always like interested in. Um, and I always feel like there's alien presence around me ever since I was little. So can you tell me about the greys and what I've been feeling? (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Thank you so much, Nicole. That was Nicole Snooki Pulitzi of, um, TV and podcast fame. Um, who has a podcast also produced by our dear Ben Hosley here at Audio Boom. Um, I, I, I mean, that I've never heard of Grace being like a presence, like a ghost in a house, uh, you know, like a, a possessing spirit or a resident spirit in a physical space. But to my mind, it's more like I feel like I've heard people talk about angels being aliens. Yes. Mm. About the idea of like a spirit, a, a positive spiritual presence that accompanies you. That's like the friendly aliens helping you in your life. I feel like that might be what Nicole has. The aliens who have evolved to the point where they can kind of be like spiritually present without being physical presences. Or they're like trying to touch you from the other realm. Yeah. Um, I was just reading about, I mean, kind of related, but uh, how children, like Emily sent us something about, you know, a child describing like a, a kind of ghost presence. Oh yeah, it was this yeah. viral tweet that was going around that's actually completely terrifying. Um, and even weirder, I think that whatever publication that was seemed like some kind of neighborhood newsletter or something was like, here's a cute story from a child about the 14-year-old pregnant girl who haunts her in her house at night and here's her second mommy. Uh <laughs> With yellow eyelashes. With the but yellow I, eyelashes. On the other hand, kids do say the darndest things. Well, that's true. I was looking into this, and it says that um, that children. That one theory to explain why children might see ghosts more often is that they. It's called the electromagnetic spectrum theory, or maybe that's just what I called it in my notes. But it says adult humans can only see four hundred to seven hundred. NM, whatever that is, on the electromagnetic spectrum, UVA light falls just below visible light at 400 to 315. Infrared light falls just above at 750 to 1. No idea what measurement this is, but it's basically (laughs) like children, young kids see things at 380 which is in the UV range. So their vision is actually different than adults. And theoretically, mm. if spiritual presences were visible in that range, children could see them, but adults could wow, not. Wow, are you the Egon? I think maybe for today. <laughs> <laughs> I always thought Emily was the Egon. Well, I just, I, I got, God. I went very deep on this, but it's, I, I mean, it's interesting. Emily might yeah. be the Venkman. I mean, I think we trade off. It ebbs and flows. This is a night call listeners. You can tell us which Ghostbusters we are. Yeah, we should probably put a poll out and figure it out. Um, I'm a slimer. But maybe (laughs) Nicole. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, you know that they only made Ghostbusters 2 because of the success of the Ghostbusters cartoon and the Ghostbusters action figures? Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. They were so successful that they made Ghostbusters 2. And then they made... I guess it was a long gap, yeah. It was. And they made Annie Potts uh, dress as her character from the cartoon, which is not what she looked like in Ghostbusters 1. I had no idea. Yeah. You went on this really deep Ghostbusters (laughs) thing a while ago. Busted makes me feel good. (laughs) 
two is a lot more loosey-goosey than one, which is yeah. what makes it really good. It's a really late 80s movie uh-huh. uh, in every way. But wink, also wink. Bobby Brown, the Bobby Brown does the theme on yeah. our own, which is really good. And then he like appears in the next frame after. <laughs> He's like, hey, the Ghostbusters, I love you guys. Oh my God. I think we should have a final word for Nicole. She asked us a yeah, good question. Right. Sorry, I got on sure. a Ghostbusters sidetrack. Do you think it's possible that Nicole is... Ha- not haunted ma- malevolently. Is she visited by Invisible Grace? Well, I mean, it could be a kind of like kind of a, more of a like an arrival aliens type situation where it's not like they're here to really announce themselves, but they're more just sort of gathering data and as an as a benign presence and just sort of like installing themselves and collecting information. And they just happen to have chosen her house as a as a stakeout point. Um, yeah, I don't know. That would be my. Let me, let me say this: is that I, if I were an alien, especially if I were running a simulation, right? I would definitely be visiting the cast of the Jersey Shore yeah. more than anyone else. If I wanted well, to like take a temperature check on culture, yeah. If I were from another planet, that's what I would watch almost exclusively. Too. It's been it's been long enough for um for the radio waves from Jersey Shore's first season. Uh, at least to reach the nearest star system. Wait, think, has it? Yeah, I think it's been, wow. I think six years is the amount of time. So, I, but not long enough for it to come back. So they would have to have some kind of um, faster than light speed travel in order to get, like, they would have to, the, the sequence of events would have to be, they saw the first season of Jersey Shore. They didn't finish it. They watched like two episodes and they're like, we've got to go check this out. Hopped in there faster than light speed travel, came to Earth. And by that point, it's 2018. Uh, Snooki has a show on Audio Boom. And she's what, what are the grace. What are the odds that, that Snooki might herself be a gray who <laughs> was left here as a child by the grays? I think to- we need more information for that. If anyone is human, it's Snooki. You know okay. what I mean? Fine. I'm just saying, what if it was like an ET situation where somebody leaves you on a planet and then you're trying to get home and they're trying yeah, to Yeah, she's the only her. person who yeah. wouldn't be body snatched, you know? Like, yeah. Yeah. She's I agree. Okay, fine. Well, maybe the aliens, I mean, whatever the case may be, it seems like the aliens don't have bad intentions for yeah. Nicole. It seems like they want her to thrive. Yes. From Audio Boom and the minds behind Mafia comes Covert, a brand new podcast delving into the shadows to reveal the murky world of international espionage and top secret military operations from around the world. Every Monday, Covert takes listeners on a heart-pounding journey through the most dangerous military operations of all time, bringing us to the front line of history's greatest special forces missions. Through extensive research, expert analysis, eyewitness accounts from journalists, and stories from the soldiers who survived these operations, Covert gives a comprehensive overview of these missions and how they changed the world. In season one, host Jamie Rennell takes us inside the world's most infamous covert operations carried out by secret military agencies around the world, including the assassination of Osama bin Laden, how two Israeli snipers foiled Syria's plan to develop a nuclear bomb, the real story that inspired the movie Black Hawk Down, and the harrowing tale of a British major's escape from 2,000 heavily armed militants. Subscribe to Covert on Apple Podcasts and every other listening destination.
speaking of women making making away from themselves in the big city or the Jersey Shore, or wherever the case may be. Um, <laughs> on the East Coast. On the East Coast. Um, a, a story came out in, uh, in New York Magazine today um, about the fake heiress, uh, Anna... Delvey. Anna Delvey. Delvey. That was her That was her, that was uh, her alias. Her that alias. Was her alias. alias her Anna Delvey. Anna Sorokin, I yeah. think. She, oh, was, she, um, she claimed to be from some German, uh, unspecified uh, wealthy German family, but was in fact, it turned out to be from a kind of middle-class Russian family. Um, and she basically ran a scam that spanned a, a couple of years, at least, uh, in New York, where she was just hanging out with... Uh, the moneyed classes of New York and staying in a in fancy hotels in Soho and not paying her bill and just kind of floating on this claim that she was um, a lady of means and wanted to open an arts club. Um, it's a pretty great story. It's it it reads like it it wants to be adapted into a movie, and I'm I'm almost certain that it will well, I was be. Saying she's in jail now. She's at Rikers, which is also a free place for her mm-hmm. to stay. Scam your way all the way to free room and board. Yeah, she she was in Rikers and she was very like, yeah, it's fine. It's yeah. okay. <laughs> she was like weirdly chill about it, which yeah. was sort of funny. Uh, but Tess is saying there's actually a Vanity Fair story about yeah, this. Yeah, because one of the people, one. one of the people she screwed over who had to like when she couldn't pay for um, some vacation somewhere. I think I think it was when she went to Morocco or something and she couldn't pay yeah. her bill and she was there with the somebody and then a and then a Vanity Fair um, photo editor. Um, who paid a who put a, the bill for them on her like company card or something her company Amex? Uh, oh, somebody who worked for Vanity Fair did it. Yep. Yeah. And then wrote about it. Yep. That's yeah. The most Vanity Fair story I've ever heard. Sixty-two thousand dollars, which apparently was as much as she grand. got paid in a year. Yeah, uh, that, she said that she kind of didn't think twice about well, putting I mean, up the money because she because was like, she I did was it for like, work, and because she was yeah. like, this is going to make a great Vanity Fair story. Right. Right. Well. I mean, this was like something like two years, maybe. Like all Vanity Fair's best stories are about people scamming rich people yeah. or yeah. rich people murdering their wives. Yeah, right. It was a very honest account, other than a couple of times where it was like she really brought out these good traits in me. Like she wasn't perfect, but her honesty made me think she was a good friend. Yeah, oh, also she, she paid like, for everything, and it's like just yeah. put that. Yeah. Just like let's not. Go you said it was also like she's like her spontaneity inspired exactly. Me. Oh, but yeah. like as a whole, it was. I mean, a pretty. Like she earned that the right to write that profile. It was pretty intense. Well, what um, struck me about the the cut story was just how it seemed like nobody actually liked her at all. <laughs> well, because she was apparently really rude. She would she would say classist things. Like she was yeah. really blunt and kind of like socially awkward, and would just sort of like pay people off to hang around. But her. all of those things just make her more believably upper class. Right. Exactly. Well, here's the thing, though. So many of the things that she was dropping money on, I felt seemed a little basic. Like, at least <laughs> they were the kinds of things that I would do if I was pretending to be a upper class person. Like, with my knowledge of things that rich people do, which I'm sure that they're like, like, she got a private jet through Blade, which is like, they do like helicopter rides and stuff here in New York. It's But it's like a thing that, you know, I would get press releases for because it was supposed to be like the uber of helicopters and now uber has helicopters but um 
I don't uh, think I'd trust an Uber helicopter driver. Are they, no. are they amateurs? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the whole thing is that she was a rich person renter. So it's like right. she was staying at all of these posh hotels and, and apparently going to these meetings with real estate agents, but always yeah. kind of like flaking at the last minute, being right. like, oh, I'm really interested in this really nice penthouse. Oh, uh, I have to go. Maybe the next one. It was a good scam while it worked. And also the sort of like pan-European, nobody knows where the money comes from right. thing is like totally... Yeah. It's in a UBS account somewhere. In, yeah, yeah, it's like just, very believable. I was just going to say it's a very good piece of performance art if you want to view it as that just because everybody who looks stupid as a result of this I don't feel too bad about because it's just yeah I was saying like I don't care about her scamming like hotels or rich people but she also scammed like desk clerks and stuff and that's where I was like no she's a sociopath you know well it's like it's like like when somebody is not nice to you but they spend their money on you and then when they, whoops, can't find their credit card and you have to pay the, like, $300 bill for dinner. I just love that that so many people made that excuse for her when she couldn't pay for something. Anything that, like, for you or I, if we showed up somewhere and, like, whoops, I don't know, like, none of my credit cards are working. Here's a book full of credit card numbers, by the way. Yeah. Run that. Everybody's just like, oh, she has so much money. She doesn't know what to right. do with it. She doesn't know how to keep track like, of it. who else would be like, can I borrow $60,000? Well, but the yeah. interesting thing was, so with the trip with Morocco, the way that she found herself on the hook for $60,000, the friend who wrote the piece, was because um, Anna got there, had rented out like, you know, this villa and like a five-star hotel that came with like a maid and all of this stuff. And then basically said that her card had been declined and they were almost like held hostage at this hotel Mm -hmm. until someone put up a card. But also what was interesting is that the writer said that at one point, Anna PayPal'd her $5,000 and the way that, you know, Anna had like had any money to spend because she did have some cash, like, you know, throughout the piece, it's like, well, she took us to this fancy club and had bottle service and she paid the tab and it was fine was some like really complicated or maybe just really complicated to me who doesn't understand it way of cashing bad checks and then getting like a loan back and having the cash mm-hmm. and taking out all the cash. So, but it, it's like know, a Ponzi like, scheme just with yourself though. With yourself. Exactly. <laughs> and so she was I was like, impressed by the like level of it. I yeah. was like, wow, yeah. this takes planning. But what was <laughs> weird was the writer was like, she gave me $5,000, which it, it's like why do that at all? And she and she said it didn't because even seem it makes like her bait. mark because it's like then you trust that person that they have money if somebody gives you five thousand right. dollars. And everybody wants to flatter themselves that they're in the social circle of this European heiress. Like you know, to to admit that maybe you've been duped is not just the humiliation of being duped. It's also like oh your life is that much less exciting. Yeah, it's very believable that she blended in. And she just went so far as like a sort of unassuming looking white girl who was like I'm from Europe and like I don't remember who but someone on Twitter said that they could tell that she wasn't rich because she didn't do her hair oh yeah (laughs) she didn't have that rich girl hair yeah that all rich girls have but to me I saw it and I was like that's such rich girl hair that she's like going against rich girl hair somebody else was like oh think how far she could have gotten she was like more hot and I was like no being sort of like basic worked in her favor because it made her just look sort of like rich and European she was pretty 
Well, it put me in the 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 whole story put me in in big time nostalgia mode for for Carrie Farrell, the hipster grifter, which was like a real a real golden age of of blogging story that I feel like everybody who was around the internet or had a job where you just read the internet all day remembers fondly. Um, but that was a, of a very different scale, and that you know that one also simultaneously like the best grifts like shed an interesting light on the the milieu on which which is being grifted. Yeah, because she wasn't asking for that much money. No, she, like she only asked for for stuff in small increments, and she like she just wanted a job advice, like or like I don't know, like very humble humble things. Where is she now? I wonder. I think she's in jail in Utah, um, or maybe she's not in jail anymore. I don't know. But she I was feel from like she Utah. She should be let out of jail. Yeah, <laughs> it's not that much money. I think in in whole it was like sixty four thousand dollars, which is just how much Anna uh, took from the the Vanity Fair photo editor. So I don't know. Have you guys ever been grifted? We wanted to talk about if we have our own grifting experiences, or if we're unscammable. I've never been. St- well, I've, I I don't Ooh. know. I feel like I have good scamming radar. Um, but then there was this company that was like trying to get me to like, I don't know, to work with them on some film. And I thought I had such I had such a red alert, alert go off. And this was like in 2009. I just felt like everything was a scam then. Um, and I, you know, didn't end up working with them. But then I saw some ad of theirs in like Vogue or something, just like this jewelry company. So I don't know, maybe they were for real, but I had a bad vibe. <laughs> yep. Tess, what about you? Have you ever been grifted? I I was, um, there was an attempted grift, but it was a pyramid scheme with a health juice type drink uh, with some people I was working with and they wanted me to buy like a case of it. And, uh, and I agreed because I find myself always agreeing to like pretty much everything in the moment and then just being like, oh, what have I done? So I got home and then, um, lied and said I had had an allergic reaction to the drink and got out of it. But, um, some like multi-level marketing schemes have, have come my way, but I I've never like actually succumbed. What about you? Are you tempted? Uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Um, I was telling you, I was like a little bit hipster grifted by a girl I was sort of friends with who was living in a house with a bunch of people and she was living in the basement and I think had promised she would pay rent and then sort of was like, I don't need to pay rent. I live in the basement. Uh, but she came and lived on my couch and just said they had kicked her out, uh, for no reason. And I think I let her stay on my couch for a month. Uh, and then she found a guy to date whose couch she could stay on. But I was saying I was also like at that point, I was like in my early 20s and lived in this like really big house that uh, had a whole floor that like none of us ever spent any time in. Yeah, I think that um, there's something about that where it's similar to just a regular it's similar to a regular kind of grift in which the the person will pray has a sense of your weaknesses or what you you need in life whether it be like more friends or like a person to work on your projects with or something and it it sucks because it makes you um on guard about people like because i've definitely since my experience with that like any anytime somebody gives me the same vibe it's just uh it's just like are you what do you want from me right now (laughs) which is just not the way that you should react to somebody being nice to you no but sometimes you get a vibe from somebody early on that turns out to be true yeah and but you just don't want it to be true yeah um well guys don't get grifted out there 
Yeah, don't get gripped. Be careful. Be careful. Uh, you don't need to do background checks, but at least, you know, um, just look up people's .biz email address. <laughs> um, well, we were going to take one more night call. Hi, night call. This is Jeremy from Ventura. Uh, it's currently 2.17 a.m. I just got done playing a campaign of my favorite 90s video game, um, Age of Empires 2. And I was wondering if you guys had any favorite video games from the 90s or earlier. If you do, um, I want to hear about them. All right. I'm going to go to sleep now. Good night. Good night. Thanks, Jeremy from Ventura. Uh, What a a nice call. What a great question. Uh, Tess was going to bring up Emily's piece about Myst. Yes. Well, Myst was what? There was just a, tw- a CD-ROM game. It was a, it was a, it was a computer game. I don't know. No, no, no. I know. I just mean it was how many years ago? Because you did it something for the twentieth oh, anniversary in twenty thirteen. I guess. Yeah, it was twenty thirteen. Yeah. Um, um, that was a and great now it's the twenty fifth anniversary. Yeah. Wow. Um, but yeah, Mist is pretty much the best. But I've also been playing a ton of Tetris. <laughs> I'm pro Tetris. Yeah. Um, um, oh, a, f- a footnote about that miss piece is that like it's actually I realized this after I did it like that year 93 is like the last great year of Seattle in many, many ways. It's the, <laughs> um, it's the beginning. It's the first season of, of Frasier starts then. And it's also when in utero is released. So I, 93 Seattle. I look forward to you writing this piece. It's a, it's <laughs> yeah. a very Bill I Simmons take not, yeah. to, not to get you <laughs> the last, too was, there close was to the hot one, zone. There was one good year left in <laughs> Seattle. Yep. Um, I was going to say my favorite video. I have a lot of favorite video games. I like Super Nintendo games. I like Mario Kart, like all your Marios, uh, Dr. Mario. But I really liked uh, RPGs. Those are my, my favorite games. I liked Earthbound was my favorite game. Ooh, um, David got really into Earthbound. Oh, it's great. Mystical Ninja. Yeah. Um, just kind of all the um, RPGs. Yeah, I mostly just played all I all I really did video game wise. I the only console I ever owned was the PS One in the nineties, um, and I don't even remember if that was in the nineties or maybe it was two thousand by then by the time I had it. But I definitely played those like PlayStation era Final Fantasy games. Those were oh yeah, those were about all that I did. Um, Final Fantasies uh, <laughs> in general in life. Yeah, you know what's <laughs> a fun thing to have is the retro freak. Mm-hmm. The retro freak has been really awesome for all your retro gaming needs. That's how I've been playing Tetris and they have like a bunch of different kinds of Tetris but the one that I've been playing is the Tetris and Dr. Mario bundle um, which is like the real old school Mm -hmm. Tetris. Mm. We were playing Wii the other day. My brother gave me a Wii a while ago and you can download old games for the Wii. Uh, Adventure Island we downloaded and I was like, ooh, this makes me feel like I'm in my cousin's basement playing the first Nintendo ever. Yep. Uh, you guys are talking about Katamari Damacy, which is not a not a '90s game strictly, yeah, but, but Tess is like, um, I, definitely like an early O's time. game. Yeah, a game that we all love. I yes. I play the soundtrack for Katamari Damacy every time I'm cooking dinner, pretty much at least yeah. for like just two minutes, yeah. just to get into the mode. I think it feels like a '90s game because it feels like a very '90s Japanese pop culture game. Like the vibe is very like it's very much like a Cornelius vibe. Yeah, uh, you just <laughs> the roll. music and everything. We all like yeah, to just yeah, yeah. roll, roll things, <laughs> rolling through <laughs> night roll, <laughs> night roll. Um, well, night callers, 
we would love for you to call in and tell us your favorite video games and what grifts you think uh, should be pulled in the future. Oh, and if you've been if you've been scammed. And if you have like a really spellbinding scamming story, please pass it on. Ooh, yes. Please tell us your stories of getting scammed or scamming, but don't incriminate yourself. Yeah. Or or if you were a scammer and you want to tell us your story, we don't have to identify you. Just let us know. Um, If you're the ice cream truck ghost, please call in. Please, but don't kill us. Just call. Don't kill us. (laughs) Just call. Don't abduct. Just visit us like a friendly, friendly flock of greys. Exactly. Um, well, that does it for this week's Night Call. Thank you so much for listening this week. You can follow us on Twitter at Night Call Pod, Instagram at Night Call Podcast, and Facebook at Night Call Podcast. And if you're enjoying the show and you haven't subscribed already, please do so at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast and leave us a review and a rating. We would really appreciate it. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. Don't get scammed. Do you love fashion? Do you love getting compliments on how well you're dressed? Are you always seeking the latest trends? Then we're talking to you. BostonProper.com is your fashion destination and the only place to go for all those nods, head turns, and new styles. No matter the day, season, or occasion, Boston Proper has what you're looking for. Sophisticated, confident clothing designed to flatter and get noticed. So visit BostonProper.com now and start creating your perfect wardrobe. Boston Proper. Wear it like no one else. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite, with just two capsules Today, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. Right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com, the lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.